الحمد لله الذي أرسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على دين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له إقرارا به وتوحيدا وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلما تسليما مزيدا أما بعد so we continue with Nilay Taala with Umdat al Ahkam, the Qira'ah and Umdat al Ahkam, reading of Umdat al Ahkam and Shurahat, explanation of the Ulama, or the Sunnah, pertaining to specifically the affair of Kitab al Tahara, the Book of Purification. I believe we've studied ten narrations previously as it relates to various affairs of purification. And no doubt. This is an important affair, and when the Talib al-Ilm, the student of knowledge, as ourselves, we are all students of knowledge, when we, Barakallahu Feekum, study this book, and study this affair of Tahara specifically, we study it to implement it, and to be aware, as it relates to um, certain aspects that we may find, or usually are negligent regarding, or we do not place as much importance as we should. So inshallah, by the end of this um, this lesson, inshallah, we will study uh, the chapter, or part of the chapter, sub-chapter, which is Babu Dukhul Al-Khala'i Wal-Istitaba. And that is the chapter of uh, how one, the manners of entering uh, the toilet, or entering the khala, or the toilet, we, we use toilet for now, Wal-Istitaba, and purifying oneself and cleansing oneself. These are the etiquettes that we're going to focus on this week, inshallah, and the next couple of weeks. There are about uh, six narrations in this chapter. We will deal with one narration uh, today, and that's a chapter of the manners of entering the, the bathroom or the toilet, and well, it's the barber, and that is the, the, also the manners of um, uh, cleansing oneself and relieving oneself after uh, using the bathroom. And this is all before one does wudu before one does wudu okay this is bab as we mentioned on its own due to its importance <coughs> and uh, we'll deal with a few points ta'ala, as it relates to this point number one point number one the he- chapter heading says babu dukhulul khala and that is a chapter of entering the khala and we use the word toilet but that's quite restricted. It's a restrictive type of definition. But when we go through the meaning of khala, so if you can write khala um, down, we'll explain, inshallah, what the ulama have said regarding the meaning of this word. And that's point number one. Al-khala bil-mad, with pro- a, pro- a prolonged vowel, khala on the lamb. Khala. This is al-makanul khali. Al-Makan Al-Khali And that is um, Barakalafikum uh, An empty or a, a secluded place Secret from anyone else Private place you can say A private place And that's what Khala is called And Obviously now we have bathrooms where we can shut the door And we can go into a specific room Where one is in, has their privacy 
But in the times of old, it was in a fada, it was in an open space. Usually it was an open space, but there will be a, a, either a curtain or somebody uh, covering or some type of uh, sutur or some type of uh, priv- uh, privacy that's, uh, that the individual gets when they're using the bathroom. So it's called khala. It's called khala, which is privacy. Which is privacy, and in Makan al Khali, a place where one has privacy. Uh, and that which is intended here is a specifically a place which has been designated for one to relieve themselves, go to the toilet. If you want to say in short, relieve themselves or go to the toilet. فَإِنْ قَصَدَ الْفَضَاءَ كَصَحْرَاءَ لِقَضَاءِ الْحَاجَةِ فَلَا حَاجَةَ إِلَى تَأْوِيلِ الدُّخُولِ بِإِدْخَالِ And as, as for the, when it's in an open space, there's a specific ruling when the toilet is in an open space, when it's outside, because the, the, in the times of old, I'm not sure if it still occurs now in some, some countries, the bathroom, the toilet was outside and it was in somewhere uh, distant from the house. Uh, but uh, generally it means privacy, a, a privacy, a place where one has privacy now to relieve themselves or use the toilet. And point number two. In this chapter it mentions that astitaba. Astitaba. Alistitaba. And that is the second part of this chapter. The first obviously is a, a, a pri- private place to use the toilet. And the second one is alistitaba. Yani tathir al-qubli wa dubri min athri al-bawli aw al-ghaiti bihajrin aw ma'a. And that is, barakallahu fikum, purifying and cleansing the private parts. Both parts of the private parts, cleansing them and cleaning them after urinating or using or um uh, excreting, either which which is num- number one or number two, as we we know, okay, and that is uh, the purifying and and the manners of purifying uh, oneself after using the toilet by cleaning their private parts. By cleaning their private parts, as we know, this is a major major part of uh, the validity of one's will do that it actually has been cleaned, as we mentioned previously in our lessons. Ainam. Point number three, and that is that, alhamdulillah, when we study this affairs, affairs such as this, it shows us an example of the blessings of Allah wa ta'ala, of this sharia al-islamiyyah, this uh, uh, legislation, Islamic legislation, this deen of al-islam, its comprehensive nature, in that it deals with everything. It deals with everything that we need in order to function accordingly as human beings. And from these intricate affairs is how one uses the toilet. From this intricate affair is how one uses the toilet. And this is mentioned in uh, the hadith in Sahih Muslim and Salman al-Farisi radiyallahu an rahimahu and al-mushrikeen qalu lahu qad allamakum nabiyyakum where the the Jews, they said to Salman, or the Mushrikun rather, the polytheists, they said to Salman that your prophet, Yani Muhammad, has taught you everything, even as much as using the bathroom and cleaning yourself. 
And Salman radiyallahu an, the companion of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Ajal, indeed, لَقَدْ نَهَانَا أَن نَسْتَقْبِلَ الْقِبْلَةِ لِلْغَائِطٍ أَوْ بَوْلٍ أَوْ أَن نَسْتَنْجِئَ بِالْيَمِينَ أَوْ أَن نَسْتَنْجِئَ بِأَقَلِّ مِنْ ثَلَاثَةِ أَحْجَارِ أَوْ أَن نَسْتَنْجِئَ بِرَجِيعٍ أَوْ بِعَظْمٍ And then he said, indeed, he the Messenger وسلم, has prohibited us from facing the Qibla whilst uh, using excreting, or bowl, or urinating, or, or that we should clean ourselves with our right hand. We shouldn't clean our private parts with our right hand. He's told us and prohibited us from cleaning our private parts with our right hands. Or that we clean ourselves with less than three stones. Meaning that we use that which is sufficient to clean ourselves and clean our private parts. Or that we cleanse ourselves with dung. We clean ourselves with dung. With the dog's feces and so forth or animal's feces and so forth. Or be azmin. Or with bones which is the food of the jinn. The messenger sallallahu alayhi has prohibited us from these affairs. So... Even the mushrikeen were shocked in the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, on how he sallallahu alaihi wasallam has taught the ummah even how to use the toilet and even how to use the toilet. And if you find a kuffar today, they'll say the same. Yeah, I know, but they don't. They don't know how to use the toilet because the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam was sent by Allah as a messenger with revelation. And Allah Taala revealed the sunnah and revealed the manners in which one uses the toilet. And if someone does not study the book of Allah and follow the way of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they're not using the bathroom properly. They're not using the bathroom properly. So it's a blessing from Allah Taala that we have this preserved sunnah and ways of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in all regards and in today the affair of how to use the bathroom. And toilet. After this, we go to the hadith. We mentioned the hadith, and this is the eleventh hadith, and the first in the chapter of uh, this uh, sub chapter per se. In the authority of Anas ibn Malik, Sahabiyun Jalil, Sahabiyun Jalil, radiyallahu an, and the Nabiya sallallahu alaihi wasallam. كان إذا دخل الخلاء قال اللهم إني أعوذ بك من الخبث والخبائث. And that is that Anas ibn Malik he said رضي الله عنه that النبي the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم كان used to say كان إذا دخل الخلاء that when he used to when he intended to enter the a place of privacy to use the bathroom or toilet place of privacy he would say Allahumma inni a'udhu bika oh Allah Allahumma yani ya Allah Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubusi oh Allah 
I seek refuge in you from Khubathi wal Khaba'is. I'm going to leave them in the Arabic wordings as as some of the points will explain what Khubathi. So if you can write al Khubathi, as you know, al Khaba'ithi. And we'll deal with the meaning of these two wordings, inshallah, uh, uh, during the lesson. Al Khubathi bidom al Kha'i wal Ba' jamu al Khabith. Wal Khaba'ithu jamu Khabitha isti'adun min dhukrani shayatini wa inathihim. The author he says al khubath which has dhamma on the ba on the kha and dhamma on the ba so it's khubath dhamma on the kha and the ba jam khabith is the plural of khabith and the khabaith is the jam of khabitha and that is seeking refuge from the male shayateen the male the, the male devils and the female devils Male devils and the female devils. We'll go into detail regarding this, inshallah ta'ala. That is the hadith and the t- text mentioned by Imam al-Maqtasi rahimullah ta'ala in uh, this chapter. Regarding this hadith, we'll deal with a few points, bi'idhnillah. The first point is the tarjama of the rawi. The first point is the biography of the narrator. And the narrator, as you know, is Anas ibn Malik. No doubt we've studied him in Kitab al-Siyam But due to this being the first mentioning of Anas ibn Malik in Kitab al-Tahara We'll, we'll mention uh, his biography again And his name is Anas ibn Malik ibn Nadri Al-Ansari al-Khazraji His name is Anas ibn Malik Al-Ansari Al-Khazraji, he's from the Ansar, from those who were in Medina and residents of Medina when the Messenger وسلم, he made Hijrah. And he's Khazraji from the tri- tribe of Khazraj. Also Khazraj, he's from the Khazraj, Khazraji. And his mom came to the Messenger وسلم, his mom is uh, Umm Sulaim. His mom is Umm Sulaim. She brought Anas to the Prophet when he was 10 years old, when he came to Medina. And she said, Ya Rasulullah, this is the, my boy or the boy Anas, he can serve you. And she requested for him to serve the Messenger, وسلم, help him out. The Messenger accepted this. And then the Messenger made a dua, as you can remember, for him, supplicated, made a dua to Allah. For Anas ibn Malik, Allahumma akthir malahu wa waladahu wa adkhilhu al-jannah. He said, Oh Allah, make him be rich and have plenty wealth and plenty children, many children, and enter him into paradise. So the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he made dua for three things for Anas. Number one, for Allah to give him uh, abundant wealth and also many children. Number two, and number three, to enter him into paradise. Ainam. So Anas ibn Malik said, He said, I have seen and witnessed uh, two of these uh, areas or things that the Messenger supplicated to Allah for him for. Uh, two have come about and he's waiting for the third. And he's waiting for the third, meaning that he had a lot of wealth. He was rich, a millionaire, as you would know today. And that is, he had a lot of wealth. Well, he said, 
and he said that his 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 uh, agriculture or his farm and his crops will harvest twice a year, which is quite a lot. Usually, most harvest is once a year, but his one harvests twice a year, which meant that he had a, uh, a prosperous business. He had his business it was profitable, and then he said also, uh, he said that I have 125 children. He had 125 children. Uh, so the messenger made dua for him to have many children and it happened. And the messenger of Allah made dua for him to be wealth and that occurred. And he says, And I hope for the third. And no doubt, as we know from the Aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah, the correct opinion is that all of the companions are in paradise. And all of the companions, Allah has promised them Jannah, paradise. And from them, indeed, is Anas ibn Malik. So we can say all of the three supplications came about. And this is uh, amazing munaqib, uh, this amazing um, virtue for or mankaba for Anas ibn Malik, uh, radiyallahu an. So he stayed with the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 20 years, or sorry, 10 years, until the death of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was aiding and helping the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He stayed with him as a khadim, as, as an aider or helper, for 10 years, uh, until the death of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he stayed in Medina, and then he moved to Basra, which is Iraq, and that's where he died in the year 73. And that's where he died in the year 73. Regarding the biography of this illustrious companion, and we're going to mention some additional uh, points here, and uh, if you can take, them, take this as notes, inshallah. And that is that he was a muktib. He was a, a frequent narrator of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Anas ibn Malik. And uh, he narrated in totality 1,268. 1,268 narrations from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 1,268 narrations. So he was a muktir. He was one of those who narrated frequently. And Taban, of course, as he was a helper and servant of the Messenger Wasallam, So he was with the Messenger Wasallam. So in that he benefited by narrating many and witnessing many actions and statements of the Messenger Wasallam and his acknowledgements. Also, from those narrations, those 1,268 narrations, 318 of them are in Sahih Bukhari and Muslim. 318 of them are in Sahil Bukhari and Muslim. One hundred and sixty-eight of them Bukhari and Muslim agreed. So the first one when I said three hundred and eighteen, it means that they are both three hundred and eighteen narrations that he has in Sahil Bukhari and Muslim, meaning various types of narrations. But with narrations that are agreed upon in Bukhari and Muslim that they they're agreed upon as it relates to uh, the text and and so forth is 168 168 and 
from his narrations that are only found in Bukhari, not Muslim, are 80 narrations. 80 narrations in Bukhari that are not found in Muslim. And as for the narrations in Sahih Muslim, that are found in Sahih Muslim and not in Bukhari, there are 70. So I repeat, he has 1,268 narrations from the Messenger From those narrations that are found in Bukhari and Muslim, generally, are 318. And as for the narrations that Bukhari and Muslim, identical narrations that they agreed upon, identical narrations that Bukhari and Muslim agreed upon, are 168. As for those narrations which are only in Bukhari and not Muslim, 80. And as for those narrations that are only in Sahih Muslim, not in Bukhari, there are 70. This is uh, an example of how the ulama have dissected the narrations of the Sahaba, radiyallahu anhum. I will not do this for every companion, but I wanted my beloved brothers and sisters to get a taste of some of the efforts of the ulama of hadith as it relates to the focus on the narrations of the Messenger وسلم, and the juhud and hard work of the companions عنهم, in that regard. Anas ibn Malik, as is mentioned by many of the scholars, he was the first to die in Basra. He was the first to die in Basra. But he was not the sorry. He was the last to die in Basra. He was the last companion to die in Basra. The Anas ibn Malik was the last companion to die in Basra, Iraq. But he was not the last companion to die in totality. That which is the correct opinion that the last companion to die that's been recorded was Abu Tufail. It's good to know Abu Tufail, Amir. Ibn Wa'thila Abu Tufail Amir Ibn Wa'thila When you're asked Who was the last companion to die You say is Abu Tufail Or you can say Amir Ibn Wa'thila And if you're asked Who was the last companion to die in Basra Iraq Basra You will say Anas Ibn Malik Radiyallahu Ta'ala anhu. Now, uh, Anas uh, uh, Abu Tufail uh, in, in Bab al Fa'idah, he um, he died when the Messenger وسلم, died. Abu Tufail was eight years old. Abu Tufail, the one that was last to die from the companions, he was eight years old when the Prophet وسلم, died. And uh, he died in the year 100. He died in the year 100, which is the, the, the first Qarn, the year 100 after the migration of the Messenger. Okay, after this, we move on to the second point, and that is the topic heading for this chapter. And that is Bayanu Ma Yuqalu in the Dukhul al Khala. And that is clarifying and explaining what one says when they want to enter the toilet as we, that which relates to us specifically in this time or one what one says when they want to relieve themselves in an open space which is not in, uh, entirely a room but a secret place that is in an open place what do they say clarifying what is said in that regard and that is the title for this hadith barakallahu 
Point number three, the messenger, uh, it's uh, Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu anhu, he said, إِذَا دَخَلَ Now, if, when the messenger entered. Now, إِذَا here, it means إِذَا arada, when he intends. So, from the benefit of this wording is that the person says this supplication, not when they've entered, but rather when they intend to enter. Yani, as Ibn Uthaymin ta'ala, has mentioned, before they enter. Before they enter. Not once they've entered. Why? Because here it says, Kana إِذَا دَخَلَ And this إِذَا here, it means when they intend to enter. إِذَا دَخَلَ yani When he intends to enter. And that's similar to the statement of Allah Taala, فَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنَ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ So Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said in Surah Al-Nahl, and if you intend, فَإِذَا And if you intend to read the Qur'an, then say, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Not once you've started. So, إِذَا is used here, meaning when you intend, when you want to read the Qur'an, then say, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Yani before you read. So likewise here, كَانَ إِذَا دَخَلَ الْخَلَاءَ And when he intends to enter uh, the private room or the bathroom or the toilet, he says, yani before he enters. And that is the meaning which is, Barakallahu Fikum, supported in Adab al-Mufrad of Imam al-Bukhari, rahimullah ta'ala, in the hadith of Anas, where he said, كَانَ النَّبِي كَانَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلْمِ إِذَا أَرَادَ and this is in Adab al-Mufrad of Imam al-Bukhari. كَانَ النَّبِي إِذَا أَرَادَ أَنْ يَدْخُلَ الْخَلَاءِ He said that the Prophet وسلم, when he wanted tasrih, this was clear, when he wanted to enter the private room or the toilet, he will say. So this here affirms and confirms that either in this narration means before we enter the bathroom we say this supplication before we enter the bathroom we say this compli- uh, supplication point number four and that is that um, a nice benefit which is mentioned by Ibn Mulaqin rahimullah here the messenger he said that the prophet sallallahu alaihi kana now we have the verb kana and this verb here kana if you can Write that, kana, kaf, mad, and noon, kana. This means it was something that he did consistently. Kana yaqul, he always used to say. Kana idha dakhal, he always used, whenever he intended to enter the bathroom, he always say. Kana, so this verb here, kana, this barakallahu fikum, uh, signifies that it's something that was a regular practice of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Which means that it should be a regular practice for us as well That when we intend to go to the bathroom We say this dua before we enter Just before we enter uh, the toilet Now After this uh, We go to the next point And that is uh, the statement of uh, uh, Anas that the Prophet ﷺ will say Allahumma inni a'udhu bika Allahumma inni a'udhu bika A'udhu bika is mentioned here in this wording, meaning I seek refuge in you. What is the meaning of A'udhu? It's the A'udhu, seeking refuge. And that is clinging and turning to Allah Taala. 
and seeking his aid and seeking refuge in Allah Taala. In this word in here, it says Inni a'udhu bik, Inni a'udhu bik. But in another word, in it says also Inni a'udhu billah, Inni a'udhu billah. So it can be either a'udhu bik, I seek refuge in you, using the the pronoun ka, a'udhu bika, yani ka meaning you, pronoun, or it can be mentioning the lafzul jalala. The name of Allah saying, A'udhu Billah. A'udhu Billah. And both are reported and authenticated. Uh, and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. And this is ibadah, ikhwah. This isti'adha and seeking refuge here in this ibadah. And it's only for Allah ta'ala. As we've studied in Usul al-Thalatha. As we studied in Usul al-Thalatha. Qabla uh, ashhur months ago. Walillahi alhamd. After this, we deal with the wording of Al-Khubuth Wal-Khaba'ith. Now, the ulama have mentioned the meanings, various meanings of Al-Khubuth Wal-Khaba'ith. And that's what we're going to deal with now. And it's interesting the, the meanings that they've given to that for these, uh, this, this wording. And this is important for us to have this knowledge of this supplication that we make before we go into the toilet. Because indeed... Part of the, the 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 conditions of supplications being answered, or one of the ways for the supplication being answered, is by having istihdar al-qalb and having awareness of the meaning of that supplication. So okay, uh, remember the word the the word in here al-khubuth is dhamma on the kha and dhamma on the ba khubuth al-khubuth. Now there's a narration. Where, the, where, where it's Al-Khubuth with Dhamma and also the ulama have said that it's Kha Kho and Kho yani Dhamma on the Kha and Sukun on the Ba so you can have one where there's Dhamma on the Kha and Dhamma on the Ba Khubuth and there's one where there's Fatha on the Kha and there's Sukun on the Ba so it's Khubthu Khubthu or Khubuth and both have different meanings. Let's start off with the one when there's Dhamma on the Kha and the Ba. So if you write in Arabic, those who can write, Al-Khubuth, Kha, Ba-Tha, Kho, Dhamma on the Kha, and Bu, Dhamma, Dhamma on the Ba, Bu, Khubuth. Okay, the meaning here, Barakallahu Fikum, is Dhukur al-Shayateen. This word in here means male shayatan. The male shayateen. And that's seeking refuge in Allah from the male shayateen with khubuth. And khaba'ith, the female shayateen. So khubuth is the male shayateen and the khaba'ith is the female shayateen. So the khaba'ith stays there. But as for the khubuth with the dhamma khubuth, this is meaning male shayateen. So we can say now in translating the whole supplication in this wording oh allah i seek refuge in you or i seek refuge in allah from the male shayateen and the female shayateen from the shayateen the male and the female that's the first understanding of this supplication the second is uh, al-khubth is understood as meaning with 
Kha having the Dhamma and the Ba having the Kasra so it's Khubthu Khubthu and this meaning Barakallahu Fikum it means that seeking refuge in Allah from evil in general so when there's Dhamma on the Kha and there's Sukun on the Ba Khubthu this means that seeking refuge in Allah minashar in general. Generally seeking refuge in Allah from evil. From evil. And this is what some of the ulama have mentioned. So this is more general. And this no doubt has a more comprehensive meaning. And that's seeking refuge in Allah from all evil, which includes the evil of the jinn, the shayateen, of the male shayateen and the female shayateen is comprehensive. And also some of the ulama has mentioned that it's comprehensive, it means evil of kufr, evil of kufr, and evil of sins. And the ulama mentioned that this is important, as this Usually is the case when somebody uses the bathroom, they're going to use the bathroom, they're going to do wudu, and they're preparing for salah, and they're preparing to pray. And this is seeking refuge in Allah Taala from the evil of the shayateen in distracting the person as it relates to their prayer from wiswas and for whispers. And those who say, oh, they have whispers and sometimes they have doubts as it relates to their wudu, or they have doubts in their salah, and, and, and perhaps... Is due to negligence as it relates to making supplications such as these that Allah Taala has blessed this mankind with, from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam educating us on how we should enter the bathroom, and that is indeed seeking refuge in Allah from evil, and that Barakallahu is the second word, and so we can translate this as I seek refuge in Allah from evil and all evil. So therefore, Barakallahu the person who uh, wants to hold firm to that blessing of Allah Taala, which is du'a, the blessing of Allah Taala, which is du'a. Then they say this supplication before they enter the khala, before they enter the bathroom. The next point after this, we're going to mention Marakalafikum some benefits that we can take from uh, this uh, hadith. <coughs> the first benefit is the comprehensive nature of the deen of al-islam the comprehensive nature of the deen of al-islam as it relates to as we mentioned before that it deals with every aspect everything that we need in order for us to exist accordingly how we're supposed to Allah Taala has revealed that in the Quran and Sunnah the comprehensive nature of the deen of al-islam and this is an example of it here secondly is mashru'iyat al-du'a secondly is مشروعيه الدعاء عند الدخول المكان المعد للقضاء الحاجه بقول اللهم اني اعوذ بك من الخبث او خبث والخبائث and that is uh, the legislation of making a supplication when one intends to enter a place where they want to uh, relieve themselves by saying Allahumma, O oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from the evil all evil oh, oh Allah I seek refuge in you from the female or the male uh, shayateen and the female shayateen both are acceptable now 
Number three, and that is an important benefit that we can take from this hadith. أَنَّ جَمِيعَ الْخَلْقِ مُفْتَقِرُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى فِي الدَّفْعِ مَا يُؤْذِيهِمْ أَوْ يَضُرُّهُمْ And this is another example. This goes back to the fear of Tawheed. Again, as every aspect, ya ikhwa, every narration, every thing that we study is connected to Tawheed in way, one way or another. One way or another. And that is that this hadith is an example of how in need we are. We are needy. We need Allah Taala as it relates to repelling things that will harm us. Repelling things that will harm or hurt us. We need Allah. We are not free from needing Allah even when we want to go to the toilet. And this here hadith is an example of this affair. Barakallahu and uh, I want to mention a final point here, and that is regarding Barakallahu uh, um the affair of Al Khala, and that is if the place is like a toilet as we have now, then you make the supplication before you enter the toilet. But if it's in open where there isn't any a building or a room but it's an open but you've just covered yourself you've hidden away and then the ulama say that you say this dua just before you relieve yourself so I repeat if it's in a toilet where as we have now in most houses indoors then it's before you enter the bathroom that room where you are to relieve yourself but if it's in public which may be the, uh, the case as it was back in the days uh, then the person says this supplication before they begin relieving themselves. And this is the ruling as it relates to making this supplication, as it relates to the meaning of khala, privacy, in the different types of privacy as it is these days and the days of before. So this, we, with this we conclude, Barakallahu Fikum, today's lesson, and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us fiqh and understanding in the religion, and that he makes us be from those who implement that which we study and learn. Ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyana Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.